Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today we are joined by no one as we cover old school. This movie is more unhinged than I think any of us realized, mm-hmm. and we just figured it was better to not have a guest for this. Yeah, we had been on a real streak of like, wow, this surprisingly holds up. <laughs> uh, nope, not this one. Not yeah, this, this one, one came back to reset any clocks we had jumped ahead or sprung forward, whatever that old saying is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one set them all back. Ooh. So let's set the scene a little bit. It was February 21st, 2003 when this movie premiered, which does make this week the 20th anniversary. So happy anniversary, old school. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Oof. At the top of the box office, Daredevil, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, The Jungle Book 2, and Chicago were the top five with this movie in the number two spot, which is crazy. I mean, I believe it. And I will have you know, Chicago, a musical, I saw the movie. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's shocking. What is it? Like shimmer, shimmer, splat or something? Close. Jiminy Cricket, (laughs) splat. Yeah, I'll take it. What are they yelling from behind those bars? Pop, six, squish, uh-uh, Cicero, Jiminy Cricket, splat. splat. That's the last one. Uh-huh. I always forget about her. Thank God yeah. you're here. You and Sal from Who Asked Me podcast will be happy to know that the week this movie came out, All I Have by Jennifer Lopez and LL Cool J was number one on the U.S. charts. Pride is what you had. Baby girl, I'm what you had. You know, I loved that song. I don't love the impression that you've decided is going to be a recurring (laughs) character on this podcast. I'm going to let Zell know to skip this episode as to not have PTSD flashbacks. But is it true that J-Lo, or is this like an urban legend, that her voice is actually Ashanti? So J-Lo's voice is usually not J-Lo's voice, but in two songs, it's Ashanti. I was listening to a podcast And the guest was like, just this, I thought, I don't know who she is, just like this random black woman that I thought was funny, I thought was interesting. And then they started talking about a random J-Lo song. The host of the podcast was like, I love that song. She's like, that's my voice. He said, shut up. And she's like, yeah, that's that's me. Wow. (laughs) I know. So J-Lo is... Millie Vanillying enough for all of us. Kind of, but she's kind of untouchable because, like, nobody cares. (laughs) That's true. On TV, the Nick Cannon show ended after one season, gone too soon, and David Letterman began a few weeks' leave of absence because he got shingles. Shingles doesn't care. That's a commercial. That was a commercial. Okay, good. It just unlocked a deep memory. <laughs> On Broadway, I know you love when we talk the Great White Way. On the Broadway, great what way? That's what it's called, the Great White Way. Huh. Yeah. So then a lot of people, like during the summer of social justice, when everyone was like, Broadway's racist too, they use that a lot. Like, you guys, it's called <laughs> the Great White Way. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very. Make Broadway great again, adjacent. (laughs) It is. And in February 2003, Take Me Out, which everyone should know by now if you listen to this podcast, as the Jesse Williams Dick Show, Uh. the original production opened on Broadway this week. However, it starred Daniel Sinjata as the titular dick that gets taken out, not Jesse Williams. I didn't actually even remember the name of the play because you just always refer to it as... just called the Jesse Williams Dick Show. But now all of your puns of being taken out out by the play make a little more sense to me (laughs) i love when things that i say for years months weeks Mm -hmm. finally make sense to you yeah and also just recently on the patreon because as you know listeners we are covering glee 
all of the Leah Michelle shit that you've been saying that's just been like kind of just like orbiting around my brain but never actually landing or making contact with my neurons, all of a sudden it's starting to sink in like the shitting in the wig, the lamp mm-hmm. exploration. Vag lamp, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that I care about now because I actually know what's happening. I'm so glad. <laughs> I feel like Jesus. And you're just my little disciple. Not the one that kills me, Judas. I hope. TBD. <laughs> yeah. Kiss on each cheek for you. I went to Sunday school. (laughs) And the last thing about This Week in History that I want to talk about, we've talked a lot of things in pop culture news. I think I've talked about like five people escaping jail and going on the run. We talked about a woman who was murdered on a TV show. But this is the first pop culture news ever that made me gasp when making the outline. On February 21st, 2003, Olivia Rodrigo was born. Wow. I know. The same day as old school. 16 years later, she'd get that famous driver's license. (laughs) And the rest is history, as they say. This movie is truly star-studded. It is packed. I had seen this movie, and I hate to say I do remember really finding it hilarious. Cutting edge, edgy (laughs) all the things back in the day, but I really didn't remember anything about it. And now I realize it's because nothing really happens except for just insanely problematic shit constantly for an hour and 28 minutes, which at least it was just an hour and 28 minutes. But I feel like every new character that was introduced, I gasped because I loved them. Me too. And it almost like that part of the movie ages better over time because everyone went on to bigger things than this. I find an excuse to talk about the show any drop of a hat, but Veronica Mars is the same way. Like they didn't have guest stars, but everyone that did appear on it became like such big stars after they were on it that when you go and watch it now, you're like, oh my God, they really got all the celebs. But like back in 2000, whenever it was on, <laughs> they were not celebs. And this was kind of the same way. It's kind of like when we had the writers from Can't Hardly Wait and that was our first interview. And I was like, wow, mm. so many cameos. And they were like, well, actually, you know, Jason Siegel <laughs> was a nobody and we cast him. So I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, like I think Grey's Anatomy started two years yeah, after. Yeah, two years after. So for Ellen Pompeo to be in this, back then, nobody cared. Of course, we had Howard from The Big Bang Theory. Naturally. Who was he? He was one of the pledges, like one of the little oh, okay. nerd guys. Oh, I know. Donnie yeah, yeah, loves yeah. the Big Bang, so he's very familiar. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then the one that gave me the biggest gasp was the boss was John Locke from Lost. And this is fascinating. You texted me that that was a big deal to you. Number one, congratulations on curing face blindness. And number two, he is uncredited in the movie. Like, I don't know if he did someone a favor. I'm sure he got paid, but like he only filmed for two days of filming and they didn't put him in the credits or anything. So then he didn't even tell his family. And his sons texted him after the movie and said, we saw your reflection in the window of one scene and thought we were like acid chipping. And then when they finally showed your face, we screamed in the theater. Oh, that's so weird. He didn't tell his family. I wonder if he thought it wasn't going to be like a role. Oh, maybe. Certainly they won't make a yeah. high school student sleeping with a grown man <laughs> a main focal point of this comedy in uh-huh. the year 2003. But... Boy, were we all wrong. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think the smoke monster did cure my face blindness because Lost really was my personality from like 2007 to 2009. I got into it late and like binged. So while you were watching Glee, Uh, I was that bitch at the college party. Like my little spidey senses would go off and I would find the fellow Lost heads and we'd be like, is it a dream? (laughs) Are they in a snow globe? Like what's happening here? Mm. Did you ever watch? You didn't get into it. I didn't get into Lost. I loved ABC dramas so like Desperate Housewives Grey's Anatomy etc so I love Desperate Housewives so much that whenever anyone would try to make me watch Lost I was like can I make you watch Desperate Housewives instead and then that's the direction we always Mm -hmm. went in but I did see the pilot a few times yeah Lost Lost was really good until it wasn't I'm Mm. really surprised it wasn't written by Ryan Murphy to be honest (laughs) well J.J. Abrams is 
very much mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy-esque in terms of going off the deep end, which you'll find out in March because Donnie Appreciation Month is quickly approaching and the first movie we will be covering is Cloverfield. So buckle up. Never seen it. No, it's important to you. I don't appreciate that we are, I'm going to peel back the curtain. We are recording this on February 15th. I don't appreciate that we are now promoting Donnie Appreciation Month, which is an entire month long, two weeks before March begins. You posted something in your stories and I literally screamed. And then I did feel validated because Tom Hamlet of the Dumpster Dive podcast slid into my DMs and said, I feel like I'm still recovering from last year. Me too, Tom. Me too. <laughs> but just like in High School Musical, we're all in this together. So cuties, we'll get And through. we're covering High School Musical too for Donnie Appreciation Month as well. I cannot wait for the end of March. You're going to look like you got hit by a car again because that already happened <laughs> All of my teeth are just going to turn black and fall out. Jesus Christ. Okay. So if you want to see Chelsea's teeth turn black in real time, you can go to patreon.com slash I am the cute one where we have uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows. One more time, that is patreon.com slash I am the cute one. So professional. Look at you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to audition to be in commercials. Ask, believe, receive. Now you have to practice saying things really, really <laughs> fast at the end. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. Side effects include teeth falling out butthole (laughs) palpitations and your heart exploding well i know that you don't listen to podcasts any more than one time speed but just adding that can do that i don't need to talk that fast i still do not co-sign listening to this podcast at two times speed (laughs) it's the only way i listen and then it makes it painful to listen to you speak at regular speed because i'm like oh my god bitch speed (laughs) wait like in real life or just when you're listening no real life Because I'm so used to you talking like this all the time, talking like this, so that when you speak regular, I'm like, oh my god, why is she talking so slow? Because I'm not used to it. Well, maybe (laughs) that's a personal problem, Donnie. This podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. There are many words my family and friends would use to describe me. Perfect, wonderful, brilliant, the voice of our generation, delusional. The list goes on and on. But one word they wouldn't use? Chef. I've been banned from the kitchen since the fateful night I asked my husband if he wanted his chicken medium or well done. Luckily, HelloFresh is here to help. HelloFresh has pre-proportioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipes that even I can't mess up. No matter your lifestyle, meat preferences, or diet, HelloFresh has you covered. From fit and wholesome to veggie or family-friendly, HelloFresh has something for everyone. For people on a health kick phase, or for vegans in their chicken parm and shamrock shake era. Truly, if I can do it, you can do it. I followed one of their recipes earlier this week and got glowing reviews. We've come a long way since Chicken Gate, thanks to America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh HelloFresh.com slash cute165 and use code cute165 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash cute165 and use code cute165 for America's number one meal kit. So it was written by Scott Armstrong and Todd Phillips, who also wrote Road Trip, The Hangover, and Starsky and Hutch. And then it was directed by not Scott Armstrong, just Todd Phillips, who also directed Road Trip, The Hangover. And then in a shock to me, because it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the movies I just said, Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix one. Wow. Yeah. It cost $24 million to make and made $87 million worldwide. Yeah. People loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it did so well that Scott Armstrong wrote a sequel set in Spring Break, but Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn turned it down because they thought it was too similar to the original. So that's why we didn't get a sequel. Roger Ebert. Let's hear what your old friend has to say. So Roger Ebert gave the movie one out of four stars, and he said, this is not a funny movie. (laughs) Although it has a few good scenes and some nice work by Will Ferrell as an apparently compulsive nudist. And I will say, out of all of the things Roger Ebert said, this is the one I agree most on. (laughs) 
I can't begrudge him. I agree with every <laughs> word. I also need to know that you know it's pronounced Will Ferrell. Like a cat. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Cat. Cat. <laughs> Ferrell is this man's last yes. name. Will Ferrell. Wow. I'll listen to the beginning of Saturday Night Live and see if you're wrong. Or if wrong. I'm wrong about this, then I'm going to quit everything because SNL is like the one thing I know about. And that's how they announce his name at the beginning of every week. Will Ferrell. Well, now I'm second guess. See, this is the power of you, Donnie, that I <laughs> was so confident and now I'm like, fuck. Is it Will Ferrell? <laughs> no, it's Will Ferrell. The tagline, it's time for fuck, Mary kill taglines. The first one is, critics say old school is dumb and pointless. We say, who cares? <laughs> That's kind of amazing. <laughs> I'm going to fuck that one. I love a sense of humor in oh, bed. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we have, why do men act like boys? Because they can. Kill. Kill. Knew you would. But I put them in this order because I thought you would say the first one was too long and you would kill that. And then I would hit you with this one and you would be mad. Mm. But that backfired on (laughs) me, I guess. So then you're marrying the only one left. And that is all the fun of college, none of the education. I think you did good this week. I'm getting better. So what (laughs) character, if any, do you identify as in this movie? I mean, this was a tough one because all of the characters are deeply unlikable. Of the men. The women, fantastic. Oh, yeah. I guess I would have to identify as Frank the Tank's ex-wife. Me too. Because I also want to distance myself from any part of any of these men. That's exactly who I said. I think she tried her best, both in the relationship and like to let him do his own thing. Until it became too much. And I did find it oddly refreshing, and we'll get to it, that she was like, no, I'm done. Divorce. Oh, yeah. We will get into that because I would rather spend this next hour talking only about the women. Unfortunately, the movie's not framed that way, so we can't. Mm -hmm. But if I could, I would talk about these women characters for the next three hours. We don't have a guest, so for our synopsis, I'm just going to pull it right off of IMDb, where they say three friends attempt to recapture their glory days by opening up a fraternity near their alma mater. (laughs) Mater. I know how to pronounce that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that out of the way, let's jump right in. It is 2003, and if you forgot, the scriptwriter of Old School is here to remind you, because in the movie's first 60 seconds, Luke Wilson gets called a faggot for asking about the seatbelt in the taxi. (laughs) And I hope you cuties enjoy the age-like blockbuster portion of our show, because there will be a lot of it. Like, ugh, car safety, you must be gay. And that's a bad thing because it's the early 2000s. Yeah, this should have let audiences and myself know, like, this is what you're in for, folks. This is the first joke of the movie. (laughs) So there's Andy Dick in a wig where that came from. There sure is. There sure is. Now that's a dick show I didn't need to see. He's had a rough month. What else? Well, besides being in this movie 20 years ago, he recently was arrested for public intoxication and failure to register as a sex offender. (gasps) I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. I remember so many of my guy friends during this time period just like worshiping this movie. And it explains a lot about how some of those guys turned out. And what they think about women or growing up or, you know, just general fraternity lifestyle, etc. Yeah, I think I only saw this movie maybe twice, but I think just once. But so many of the quotes were just like around Mm -hmm. me at this time in my life that like I was like, oh, that's what this is from. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody I knew in college had original thoughts at all. They were just quoting old school, it seems. You're my boy, Blue. (laughs) Okay. I think that my biggest qualm with this is like, it's not really, I hate to agree with my nemesis, Robert Ebert, Uh but it's not funny. No. And watching it as an adult, it certainly is not funny. You never saw Mrs. Doubtfire, right? I don't think so. Okay. We'll watch it. Um, Watching it as an adult, you are like not on Robin Williams' side at all. And that's how I was in this movie. I'm sure 20 years ago when I was 16, I did think it was funny because... It was funny to 16-year-old boys. Mm -hmm. But like watching it now, I was like, why do you actively want to cheat on your spouses? Why do you not want to go to work? Like, stop 
doing all of this. And what's wrong with a Saturday going to Home Depot? That right. sounds lovely. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, not the Home Depot part, but the rest. Like the Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> yeah. nice. So moving on, Luke Wilson, or Mitch, as he's named in this movie, leaves his work conference early to go home to his live-in girlfriend. And I will urge any cutie listening... If you're thinking about leaving work early to surprise your spouse, unless you want to catch them cheating on you, don't do this. Because we see it time and time and time again. If you come home early, you will catch your spouse getting their back blown out. Maybe in a gangbang, maybe by your brother, but it is 100% happening. Mm-hmm. 100% happening. Yeah, it's best to just maybe send that text. Honey, I'm coming home early. Can't wait to see you. Now, Luke Wilson. Uh-huh. Of course, his character. Right. We'll get to what's wrong with him, but I've told the cardboard cutout Luke Wilson drinking game story. You have? Uh-huh. He is my number one crush of all time. This was like his prime era. These were the Luke Wilson years. Legally Blonde, this movie, The Royal Tenenbaums. When he slits those wrists, talk about a walk. You like uh, that movie? I love. No. I love Wes Anderson. I'm a Wes oh, Anderson God. girl. What's the one where they're in a submarine? Oh, that's Life Aquatic. That's Dr. Bald's favorite movie. And Stop we have a it. print in our kitchen that says <laughs> no. this is an adventure. How cute. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> For those not watching the Patreon video footage, Donnie was literally just making retching faces into his. That's why I did it silently, so anyone that doesn't pay ten dollars a month thinks I'm an angel. Well, you know what, Donnie, you're talking a big game about Donnie Appreciation Month, but it looks like Chelchella 2023 <laughs> is really shaping up for us. A Wes Anderson special from H to T. That's fine if we only torture each other our birthday month I think that's a good app. that's a healthy relationship we're just <laughs> yeah. setting boundaries and expectations I think so I never <laughs> walked in on you know anything of at this caliber but the closest story I have to tell is when I still lived in Pennsylvania I was living with my parents but I had already graduated college and I was dating a construction worker and I thought I was in good shape and he was trustworthy and stuff because he was an adult man who had braces so like this is a man who you know, has like a childlike spirit. (laughs) Like he doesn't seem like he's going to be a gentleman's man because an adult man with regular braces, Uh not the ones behind the teeth, not Invisalign, just regular braces on an adult man. So I was like, okay, I'm in a good place with this guy. But one night he asked me what I thought was a hypothetical question. If I ever wanted to have a threesome. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think I like you too much. I don't want to have a threesome. So then he got mad and said, well, I guess I need to call him and tell him we're not coming. I said, you can go. See ya, honey. Wait, he had already scheduled it? Like, he already had, Uh like, an iCal in there? Yeah. Well, that's rude. It is. Also rude that, like, you didn't have any agency in who it would have been. What if you said yes, but then you show up and you're not into that guy? Yeah. So even if I was open to the situation, I feel like photos should have been shown. Right. Well, they weren't. Not with brace face. Yes, you learn something <laughs> new every day. Adult braces, not actually an indicator that somebody doesn't want to have sex with other people. <laughs> Who knew? And then one time he took me to a hotel in Philadelphia. This is like a nobody side really this is just a little story he took me to a hotel in Philadelphia and my nose started bleeding all over the pillow and he was like cocaine huh? <laughs> I was like no! And remember these are my early days. Oh, so you were I like... was disgusted. I'm like How? what did you say to me? Cocaine. Well, that just means that he was secretly doing cocaine throughout that whole relationship. (laughs) Probably with the guy he had a threesome with. (laughs) (laughs) Back to this movie. Mitch's best friend Franklin is getting married, and at the wedding, we learn their other best friend Beanie is a piece of shit and tells him to just walk away and not ruin his life by getting married with his wife in the, like, audience or whatever you call the people at a wedding. We also learn Mitch is a piece of shit when he gets drunk and tells everyone at the reception in his best man speech what happened to him with the gangbang. Frank needs better friends. Yeah. (laughs) This movie was a nice little reset for me because the past few weeks I have found myself being a little too sympathetic, a little too kind to the men of the movies we've been covering. But luckily, every single man in this movie is a garbage goblin in just their own very special, unique little way, like a snowflake. (laughs) And I will say this movie is the least likable Vince Vaughn character. Like, he always plays 
always himself, mm-hmm. but it's always like a lovable teddy bear who talks really fast and intensely and calls people pal and buddy and big guy. But like ultimately he has a heart of gold. In this version, he's just like evil. Yeah. And like a bad dad. And to like skip ahead to the very end, he's so bad of a character, we don't even get like a where are they now with him. Like we get a little tie-in of Will Farrell's plot line and like we see what happens with Mitch. We just truly don't even go further <laughs> with Vince Vaughn's character to see like, oh, what happens after all this? Yeah. Ugh. And I will say like every man in this movie is the same in everything they're in. Yeah. And this movie is the worst version of all of them, I think. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's also true. Ugh. It was like Buddy the Elf, but naked and bloated. <laughs> yeah, and an alcoholic. <laughs> so after moving out of his gang-banged girlfriend's house, he moves into a house on a college campus, which I didn't know until reading the IMDb synopsis, was his alma mater. And Beanie immediately uses this as a chance to have a midlife crisis and throw a rager to end all ragers, beer bongs, Snoop Dogg, and at least 200 college students. This is neither here nor there, but my all-time crush, Luke Wilson. My mom's all-time crush, Snoop Dogg. (gasps) My mom is obsessed with Snoop Dogg. She brings up Snoop Dogg like once a week of stuff he's doing or like, oh, that's Snoop Dogg. He's so funny. Do you remember when Snoop said that on a first name basis with him? Did her crush for Snoop Dogg begin with like his most, not most recent career moves, but like the Martha Stewart of his life? It was before Martha Stewart, but Martha Stewart sealed the deal. Okay. You met my mom (laughs) briefly for about five minutes and I think my parents left. They're just like a ball of energy. (laughs) They left and Quinn said, huh, it all makes sense now. As it does. That's correct. Vince Vaughn is 33 in this movie. And I can understand wanting to act like a college student and like drinking until your liver explodes and jumping off rooftops into pools and going streaking and feeling young again. But there is something sick about people who would choose to actually do all this with college students again, being 33 years old. Agreed. The college students are 22 years old at the latest. So I would never want to... (laughs) out with them especially in bulk like if someone brought like a co-worker that was 22 i could deal with it for a night but 200 22 year olds i would rather poke my eye out with i don't even know what will ferrell's dick (laughs) (laughs) i love gen z i think they're gonna change the world i'm glad they got past the tide pod era of their lives (laughs) however spending any concentrated time with more than three of them respectfully no thank you and I love to party I still like to party I you know three times a year like to really be hung over and punish myself (laughs) for an entire week following a party weekend with my friends but I think the operative words in that sentence is with my friends yeah and like for Vince Vaughn and Mitch they were doing it like for the girls of it which is still disgusting you're 33 years old find someone your own age but Will Farrell was truly just doing it to like party with people well Will Farrell in this movie is an alcoholic <laughs> right <laughs> if Frank's scenes were re-edited with like sad piano music in the background and like a sepia tone right. overtone it would be an episode of intervention <laughs> this man is not well it started out with like I have a bad relationship with alcohol to like by the end which this is another issue I have with this movie the thesis statement for him his like grand arc was like it's okay to be an alcoholic as long as you're with other college kids until you die yeah it's dark it is the whole movie doesn't have anything positive to say (laughs) it's like don't grow up and just double down on not having any responsibilities forever truly i feel like that is how they tried to make vince vaughn characters okay by making him successful at his job so then it made it fine that he was like so gung-ho to cheat on his wife which let me just talk about that we already talked about him being a piece of shit friend all of that his whole plot line in the beginning of this movie is that he wants to throw these parties to meet girls he is married to leah fucking remini stacy carosi carrie heffernan kevin james would never never she deserves so much better so at the party 
Frank falls back into his alcoholic bad habits of yore, and Frank the Tank returns. And like his golden days of the past, he wants to go streaking, but turns out in 2003, nobody else does. Like, read the room, buddy. Read the room. And speaking of read the room, thank you for setting me up so nicely, Donnie. So I asked the cuties for a time when they or somebody else didn't quite read the room Ooh, okay. at a party. And whew, All right. I once asked a cousin's friend who showed up late to their party, what, were you at a funeral or something? Turns out they were. They <gasps> grandfathers. Oh, my God. My ex-boyfriend shows up at my party. My new girlfriend is with me. Ex-boyfriend drinks a whole keg, sneaks upstairs, sleeps and pisses in my bed, went through a closed window like a raccoon. We all had to throw water on him and yell at him to chase him out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's incredible. I like that they threw water on him, like holy water, like he was the devil being exercised out. Get out of here. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. (laughs) This next one comes from one of our most favorite and most unhinged cuties. I'll tell you offline which one. In 2009, I made fun of a guy for carrying a pager on his belt. I asked if he was a drug dealer from 1992. I kept making jokes, but people were just staring at me. The room got really quiet as he mumbles, I'm diabetic. This is my insulin pump. (laughs) In my defense, I didn't know this guy, so I had no way of knowing he needed insulin. (laughs) That is bad. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's it. That's bad. I was going to try to protect you, cutie, no. but no, that's it. Yeah. That's bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but why didn't anybody tell her or him? Like, just say that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I imagine it was like one after the other. Like, I don't know if it was like mm. a series of jokes throughout the night. I think it was like okay. she just went for it. <laughs> she was like, here's my time. I'm going to have a tight five. Yeah, our very own Seinfeld. Uh-huh. Okay. Boom, chip up. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Donnie Appreciation Month will be here before we know it, and let's face it, I'm not at my best when Donnie is celebrating his birthday for 31 consecutive days. But I know I'm at the top of my game when I'm practicing self-care, feeling organized and in control of my life, and when I'm chaotic in a fun way and not in a, wow, I just left my car running in my work parking lot all day type of way. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Therapy truly is the highlight of my week and is helping me learn so many things about myself. Now I know when I ignore my family's calls, it's not because I'm lazy or retreating. It's because I'm setting boundaries. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Cute One to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Cute One. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Frank's wife is driving home with a car full of her friends when she catches him streaking through the streets by himself. I would want an immediate divorce, but she is better than me, though, because she is open to couples counseling. It is at this point that it's clear that Frank does not have a healthy relationship with alcohol. And I couldn't tell at first, like, was Marissa supposed to be the bad guy for not wanting Frank to turn into Frank the Tank because I understand the nuance of like not letting somebody be their fullest self. Mm -hmm. However, 
I would argue that it's a healthy relationship if you're like, hey, sweetie, right. uh, maybe alcoholism isn't for you. Maybe you can do better. Yeah. I don't think we were supposed to view it as alcoholism when it clearly was. He cannot control himself. He no. had one beer bong and he's like, here we go. Yeah. This is clearly a man who cannot be trusted. Like no. streaking aside, this is somebody who when he has alcohol in his system, like he's making poor choices. Mm-hmm. Later, he goes on to shoot a trank gun <laughs> in his neck at a child's party. Like this man is not well. No. This is troubling. And I <laughs> applaud her for wanting to go to couples counseling because that is... A little jarring. Yeah, I agree. As everyone knows, I'm in couples counseling and regular counseling. And they both are the highlight of my week. I love it. But like to go with Frank, I think I would (laughs) have to murder somebody because he was awful. But this week in couples counseling, my therapist was like talking about what we see in our futures, etc, etc. And I mentioned that I would like a pool. And then I think she tried to find like what the root of that was and like truly i just love to swim lady there's nothing to look into here what does that represent about your childhood what does having a pool mean to you yeah she kept saying like donnie you're talking about this idea of a pool i was like no one's talking about an idea of anything i'm talking about a pool jacuzzi would be a bonus (laughs) yeah if i live in new york i would love it to be indoors because if it's just rooftop access and i can only use it three months forget about it if i live in california that's a different story it can be outside but like there's not an idea of anything lady this is a pool that i that i want mm. frank uses couples counseling not to talk about a pool but as a place to let it be known he imagines the color of olive garden waitress's panties so it is decided by marissa that he will be sleeping on the couch just not their couch though mitch's couch because he he is out of there for good yeah, reason for good reason and i mean spoiler alert he does literally nothing to try to remedy this, to try to no. win her back, to try to find a balance between Frank the Tank and being in a relationship. So she made the right choice. I would say so. I was waiting for the like, I'm going to take you back. Oh, you're so fun now. And I appreciated that she just never did. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen at the funeral. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that it did not. <laughs> My favorite character of the movie, and I don't think he was supposed to be, the dean of the school, Dean Cheese Pritchard, is proof that you should be nice to everyone because you never know who you'll need in the future. Be nice to people so they can help you later or whatever the Bible says. Because Beanie and Mitch used to bully the dean as kids, and he shows up to tell Mitch the district has been rezoned and he has a week to move out because it's for campuses only. So Beanie has a brilliant... And I know this is audio, so let it be known that my eyes are rolling when I say that brilliant (laughs) plan. They'll turn the house into an unofficial fraternity house so it follows the rezoning practices. Great. Yeah, I understand this is a movie and we need to fill an hour and a half. But like you're truly showing that you have no life at all. Like the first wrench that is thrown into your plan should have just ended all of it. And then when a second wrench comes your way then truly end it. You had your one night of fun. Now it's time to end it. But like wrenches keep being thrown at them and they just find loopholes around it. You're just proving to everyone that you are nonsense. Well, I feel like there were ways that they could have made this movie like not even make more sense, but just like not making them total douchebags. They could have done like a, they had already started the fraternity. They had brought in this band of misfits. They've started to realize that this really means something and that these young people are like really feeling a sense of community and feel accepted for the first time. And at this point, when it gets shut down, they band together and they're like, we're going to figure out a way that we can all keep hanging out. And like, you can feel like you're a part of something, but it has nothing to do with community or inclusivity. And it's literally just douchebags wanting to be douchebags yeah and it's truly about those three only like i know that the ones that actually go to school there some of them have names but like they are nothing more than pledge people that get yelled at and like hazed throughout it it's like oh let's make a fat joke and now let's make a nerd joke and now let's make an old joke it's just it's so 2000 it's a mess whatever The pledges are here and a pledge class is formed and 21 days of hazing begins, including marching through campus like the Spice Girls at a dance class (laughs) and tying cinder blocks to their wieners. 
Now, the other <laughs> week, you and your husband, Quinn, did educate me about the nookie cookie. Yes, I'm familiar. But my firsthand experience with hazing is perhaps oh. even more disturbing. Now, no, no nookie cookies were eaten in any of this. Lip chips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I am the sporty spice of this podcast, but as we also know, girls are not as dumb as boys. Mm -hmm. So I never had to really go through any like hazing myself, some casual bullying, some psychological warfare, like, you know, the usual, but not any like direct hazing. But I was witness to many boys soccer team hazing Mm. so in high school the boys soccer team they tied a freshman to the goal post with Mm. rope and then they kicked soccer balls at him but the team was so bad that they never hit him a single (gasps) time so that was number one and then number two in college the guys team played edward forty's hands Mm -hmm. i'm familiar the forties to your hands and you can't have your hands back until you've finished both of them and so like there is a clear reason why i never in college hooked up with any of the soccer guys because after seeing a blacked out boy like kind of weeping and trying to aim his soft little weenie into a bush to pee without using his hands there's something about that that just makes your vagina go like nah i'm good yeah that is so sad i thought about pledging fraternity in college because i do like the forced like bond i feel like you would have thrived in a sorority i would have and like i don't know what's happening on college campuses now but i feel like they would if i put up enough of a fight i would be allowed in a sorority and i would have thrived but back in 2005 through 8 i couldn't do that so i wanted to be in a frat however pledging and being hazed for all the sexual stuff like I did think about it and it excited me like they were like all right pledges get (laughs) we're all gonna come on you like okay please yes I'm here for (laughs) it but the Edwards 40 hands and like any violent stuff I was nervous about this is middle of nowhere Pennsylvania they're looking for reasons to attack me yeah I'm glad that you didn't yeah me too Boys are so stupid. Yeah, they are. Mm. Speaking of stupid boys, <laughs> while Mitch's wiener belongs to the girl he had sex with at Mitchapalooza, who turns out to be his boss's high school age daughter. We'll just be silent mm-hmm. for a second so you can listen to what I just said. Mm-hmm. His heart still belongs to his high school crush, Meredith Gray herself, Nicole. So you can imagine his disappointment when she brings her boyfriend to Beanie's son's birthday party. And I do want to say about this birthday party, Spanish, which is another thing that aged <laughs> like Blockbuster. One character's name is just Spanish. His elephant costume that he wore to this birthday party is the same elephant costume that Selma Blair fucked in The Sweetest Thing. <gasps> yeah. I thought it looked familiar. <laughs> now you know why. Wow. So you were almost not face blind with an elephant. Almost. <laughs> But Mitch's disappointment heightens when Nicole learns he did, in fact, have sex with a high school girl, and he's not the kind of guy she thought he was. So things go downhill for them, for good reason. I don't understand why this is not a bigger plot point. Why all of these adults, because there are several throughout the movie who learn this information, and everybody's like, hmm, well, that's a thing that happened anyway. And this was a thing that happened a lot. In, like, the 90s and early 2000s, like, I remember it being a plot on Friends, like, Monica slept with someone and then realized he was in high school because he lied to her. There are other shows and movies that did the same thing. Emily in Paris, most recently. Yes, yeah. And I just don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even do the usual song and dance where they go out of their way to be like, she's 18, but she's a senior. Like, Mm. I don't think they even tried to clarify no. they didn't have to make her a high school student it could have no. still been awkward that you fucked your boss's daughter and she's a freshman in college even that's still skeezy you're still 30 years right. old the writers of this really make me churn my stomach <laughs> myself like i am a fucking pioneer i'm churning my own stomach that's mm-hmm. how disgusted i am on the frontier <laughs> Yeah, my fucking bonnet. So Frank's <laughs> apology tour, and I use those terms very loosely, to earn Marissa's forgiveness isn't going too hot after ruining not only a child's birthday party with a tranquilizer dart, but also her blowjob class. 
And we discussed it briefly before, but when Blue dies during a round of KY wrestling, Marissa decides it is time for a divorce. Her priorities are finally in order, and he is out the door. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so, because there's now been a death. Right. Which is also just like, haha, isn't that a funny thing that's happened that we killed a man in our pledge class? It all. <laughs> it all. Like, I feel like the writer and director and cast just worked on this and didn't pay attention to that. Like, these are real things happening. And I do understand it's a comedy. Well, the thing about a comedy is that it has to be funny. (laughs) Right. Roger Ebert said it best. This is not a funny Uh, movie. I know. My God, I hate agreeing (laughs) with my enemies, but hey. Broken clock's right a couple times. God bless. (laughs) Pour one out for Robert. Yeah, and for Blue. But we're not going to talk about either of them. I do want to talk about the BJ class. I never (laughs) took a BJ class, but they have parties for everything. And remember, like, they might still have have them but in college they were really big sex toy parties Mm -hmm. it was an mlm scheme oh it was yeah Mm -hmm. you're right in hindsight yes it was um but i co-hosted one obviously obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah come over and buy a dildo and then i get a hundred dollars worth of free products if you Mm. all buy enough so i did have a party and a woman that was like, again, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, sold sex toys for a living. She came to my apartment and my friends were all there. She showed up in her pink Cadillac. <laughs> no, she didn't have that. But she did have big Tupperwares full of like dildos and stuff. Just put them in my kitchen. Fine. Everything's great. And we got to test, obviously, not all the products in front of each other. But we test like oral gels on our lips that made us not feel them if we gave blowjobs and stuff. And she's oh. like, how does it feel, you guys? Great. But what I need to talk about and that I didn't think it was weird until I sat down to make this outline Mm -hmm. and I went to college. It was like 15 years ago at this point. The door prize of this party was a vibrator. Okay, so everyone came in. We put our name in a hat, whatever. The winner gets a vibrator. There was a part of the evening where the winner was picked. The girl got a vibrator and then was told to go into my bathroom and test it out and come back and let us all know how it was. And she did. And we were like, oh, interesting. Like, took notes. A couple girls ordered it because she said it was good. I am just thinking now in February 2023, my friend masturbated at my house during a demonstration with all of us sitting on the other side of this bathroom door and (laughs) nobody thought it was weird. As someone who (laughs) lost their virginity in a bathroom at a party with people waiting outside ready to applaud, you can go back to a previous episode for that story. (laughs) I am horrified. The really crazy part is that this woman traveled from house to house with this Tupperware full of dildos and made people masturbate in bathrooms to report back to her. Just strangers. That That makes me not want to win the prize. Right. And it wasn't announced. Like, it wasn't on the invitation. Hey, there's going to be a door prize. And if you win, you have to go stick it in your hoo-ha and come out and let us all know. No, that is just what happened once your name got picked up. I will say I was nervous when you said we all got to test the products because I was just imagining, like... That scene from the beginning of the movie. The scene from the beginning of the movie. But... Yeah, that's interesting business practices from that woman. I understand why she hadn't yet earned that pink Cadillac. (laughs) What does numbing the lips do? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I've had my mouth numb after the dentist and tried to, like, take a drink of water. It doesn't make me better at that. That's true. Because you still have a gag reflex, even if you don't feel your lips. You'll probably just bite it a couple times. Dean Cheese Pritchard succeeds. The charter is revoked. The house is shut down. Anyone who's an actual student is expelled. And the movie should have ended there. Unfortunately, there are 20 more minutes left. And Mitch is a lawyer. So he puts his skills to use to make the fraternity an official school-sanctioned organization. And I just want to make it known, I do not want these ragtag fucks to win. I was rooting against them. Once we learned that they could have possibly lost this house, I was cheering for that chance. Yeah, the only reason why I was rooting for them at all in this like Billy Madison (laughs) ripoff ending 
was because some of the students were going to be expelled and I didn't want that to happen to them just because they had been pulled into their own MLM MLM. scheme from, you know, these creepy men who preyed on them and noticed that they were lonely and like brought them into the fold. So like (laughs) I wanted them to win, but I would have been perfectly fine if the pits of hell had opened up and swallowed these motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) I hate them so much. They were all awful. So to keep their charter, the frat must pass a series of tests, debate, academics, school spirit, and gymnastics. And while Frank accidentally setting himself on fire puts them back a few points, they somehow pass with an 84%. However, because Blue is dead and earned a zero on every event, their average drops to a 58% and cheese wins again i was thrilled (laughs) i want to know which of these tests i know they all had to do everything but if you had to be like the spokesperson for your sorority house which one would you have done now originally they labeled it athletics so i changed it to specifically gymnastics right so would you do debate academic school spirit or gymnastics but school spirit was like dancing i would have done it in a second well you can kind of dance. So that's what I didn't say you have to do school spirit. No, I'm going through. I'm bad at all of these things. <laughs> if it was sports, sure. If it was like running or doing something. Right. But gymnastics, famously, the reason why I failed the presidential fitness test and didn't earn <laughs> presidential was because of the fucking sit and reach. So mm. gymnastics is out. I have no rhythm, therefore no school spirit and dancing. I mean, we know the academic side where I'm swinging. I think you'd be good at debate and not only because it's the only thing left. I think if you had a good topic. Yeah, yeah I'm just pray that it's like women's, women's studies. studies or the Kardashians, you know, <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah, same topic, really. <laughs> yeah. You would do school spirit? Yeah, mm-hmm. because that was just a blue gray dance. That's all that was. <laughs> So when the news breaks that the dean bribed the student council president to revoke the charter, the frat unfortunately wins and moves into the dean's former home, leaving Mitch to finally have a chance to be an adult and grow up. Just in time for Meredith Gray to learn that her boyfriend is a goon and break up with him. So they're happy ending. Great. Frank is the new head of the frat for whatever reason. And while we don't see it in the movie, I know in my heart that Beanie's wife leaves him, takes him for everything he's worth and moves somewhere tropical to raise her family which is the only happily ever after this movie could provide for me i co-sign all of that (laughs) that's canon in my mind now too (laughs) truly the moral of this movie was like yell at your boss be a douchebag and never grow up right it just was so odd to me that frank the tanks happily ever after was just being a straight-up alcoholic. I don't get it. And maybe it's because it was a male-led comedy of the early 2000s. But I feel like if you took the same exact plot and did, like you talked about it a little bit throughout, like made it somewhere along the lines, made it more about these college students and Mm -hmm. like realizing, oh, we need to do this for them and not for us. I do think there could have been a movie here worth saying something about, but this was just... (laughs) There were so many other options. Like, it could have been, like, Frank and his wife find a happy medium where, like, they don't actually like going to Bed Bath & Beyond on Saturdays, and they like to go out to, like, a bar, or they become, like, the house mom and dad of the new generation of frat brothers or whatever. And then, even the Mitch of it all, like, someone hooking up with a high school student would not be something I could overlook. Like, great, wonderful. I'm glad you ditched your terrible boyfriend. But why is this guy who you know had sex with a high schooler, why is he the only other choice? Why are we like, yeah, let me bring my daughter around this guy now? (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) Is it safe to say you did not like this movie? It's weird because I was entertained and like, yeah, yeah, I was entertained, but didn't necessarily laugh and didn't like the message of anything. There are movies we've covered that I know are better that I've hated watching more. Like Almost Famous and You've Got Mail, I literally had to pause (laughs) it. 20 times at least and pace around my house this I watched in one sitting it was fine but fine is what it was fine is what it was and actually not fine at all really (laughs) not at all actually nothing about this movie was fine but (laughs) I would agree 
I would also say some movies we rewatch and I'm like, oh my God, I will watch this again in six months. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Some movies I watch and I'm like, okay, cool. Check that off. Now I know I never have to see this movie again. And this is one of those movies This for me. is for sure one of I them. will never watch Old School ever again. No, and it's a shame and a shock that even with Ellen Pompeo, Leah Remini, and Juliette Lewis, this is a movie I will never watch again. Never. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a great segue. So final thoughts. Who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? Because for me, I want Girls Trip, but mm -hmm. I want it to be with the women of this movie 20 years later, removed from the douchebaggery. I want to hear how all of the men are just pathetic losers and their life is in shambles. Mm. And I want to see these women rich as shit thriving, like in a white lotus adjacent resort without the murder and i just want to see them i just want to see them do their thing get into hijinks take more blowjob <laughs> courses i want to see them explore i co-signed that and i love that i did just a remake of this but women and i think much like lord of the flies and yellow jackets i think just making it women instead of men will be very different and have more heart to it. Because all they fucking did in Lord of the Flies is kill that fat kid, put his head on a stick, and run around naked. Where in Yellow, ja <laughs> Yellow Jackets, at least we understand. I like that. And I agree. I think it is such a shame that this cast was so stacked. And yet, in an hour and 28 minutes, we had just like eight minutes dedicated to Will Ferrell naked <laughs> jogging down the street or doing various things. A compulsive things. nudist, as Ravi Ebert said. <laughs> God damn. When Bob's right, he's right. So final, final thoughts. I mean, we've covered a lot of it, but what for us aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? In my notes, I said nothing. Nothing aged well except for the women on this cast. Both their looks and the careers of the women in this cast. I think that they really thrived post-old school. Maybe they had to like erase it from their memory. Leah Remini made Scientology like erase it from the books I don't know what happened but they truly took off yeah but nothing else not a thing else literally nothing else about this movie uh -uh. aged well <laughs> at all so sorry if old school is your favorite <laughs> oh, movie God. no I'm not I'm sorry that that's the taste you have please come fight with me <laughs> in terms of what age like blockbuster I know we talked a lot already but Andy Dick in that wig like it wasn't enough to just have a gay character teach a blowjob class to use as a punchline. We had to put him in a crop top and like the berries and cream, berries and cream <laughs> wig. Yeah, Lord Barbot out there just <laughs> teaching out a deep throat. A short-haired ginger. That's why I was so mad about it. <laughs> yeah. It was literally just like a lesson in white men getting to do yeah. whatever the fuck they want and winning in the end because they're always the heroes yeah that was the thesis of old school truly and besides killing that old man the one that was tortured the most was the big black man mm -hmm. out of everyone dropped those cinder blocks and then his wiener got ripped off right at least give it to blue you know his <laughs> balls have some elasticity at this point right you know? oh my god blue balls <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> on that note none of these are my boy blue not <laughs> one so next week we are covering the devil wears prada i have a feeling i'll like it better but i haven't watched it since it first came out so wow. maybe i hate that just as much and i have never seen it <gasps> wow so, tbd okay yeah Here we'll we let go. you know <laughs> thank you for listening we will talk to you later love, love you like, like a sister, sister. bye, bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. 